All right, end to end is back. Season two, episode seven. TV Joe and Flags are back for another episode. Uh, we got some content later in the episode, Hard Hat Plunger and Battle of the Buds. But first, boys, anything happened uh, funny on Thursday night? I don't know well, if it was lots funny, of lots but... of stuff happened this week in the NHL. Uh, Don Cherry got fired. The Oilers have been looking hot. Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. We'll talk about that later. Thursday night, though, Miles Garrett kind of took things overboard at the end of the Thursday night football game and and knocked Mason Rudolph over the head with his football helmet. So. <laughs> that guy got hit in the head with a coconut. That is just a disaster of a play. I don't even know what the hell he was thinking doing that. It was just so uncalled for. And, like, the game is over, and then he did that, and, like, it was so, like, bizarre. Like, who the hell would do that? And it just wasn't a good thing at all. Like, it's like a OBJ said after the game. It's like they won the game, but they still lost. The Cleveland yeah, Browns. Yeah, I saw that. They win the game, yeah. but they still find a way to lose. There's a yeah, lot of memes about that this week, too. Some of them were pretty funny. Um, it's a serious incident, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, could, he seriously probably could have killed him, fractured his skull or something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we should talk about hockey now. That is the theme of this podcast. Um, and the yeah. main <laughs> news in the hockey world this week was Don Cherry, the face of Hockey Night in Canada, was fired by Sportsnet over comments he made last Saturday um, during Hockey Night in Canada about immigrants and how they do not support Canadian forces by buying mm-hmm. poppies. Do uh, you guys care to share your opinions on this? Um, this has kind of been a long time coming for Don Cherry. I mean, he's 85 years old. Um, I honestly didn't really care for what he said for the last couple of years. Like, the guy just has a hard time kind of putting sentences together to begin with. And just, like, he has, like, the same, like, views and opinions that he says like every week it's like yo yeah those guys are dressed up nice before the game or this guy's going good this guy's blocking shots he's hitting oh and then he hates like european players mm-hmm. and it's like it's just the same stuff over and over for like 30 plus years and like i honestly didn't care that much that he got fired but like it is like a big deal in canada yep i think it's uh like, his comments that he made last Saturday, um, he just, he was making a valid point, and, like, the topic that he was talking about, how people do not, uh, like, always support the troops by buying poppies or whatever, that's, like, a real conversation that you could talk right. about, but the fact that, just the way he worded it about how, he said, you people yeah, um, coming to Canada and you don't support a troops by buying poppies or whatever, like, that's... Just the way he worded it, everyone took it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I it's a controversial topic to talk about. Like he he's talking about a real issue, but at the same time, just the way he worded it, uh, everyone thought he was being racist. Which I'm I'm not saying he wasn't, but it's sad to see him leave yeah. that way because That's, I think yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, I think Sportsnet should have had like a whole farewell episode for him because he's been doing hockey in Canada for so long, like for years. 35 years, something 30, like Was it 35? That's he a was long on, time. He was in Sportsnet and Hockey Night Canada for 40, but I think on the air with that segment, that that classic, iconic segment for like 35, 30 years. 
The thing is, though, there's been so many times where he said controversial things. Right. Like, you remember the woman reporter thing? How yeah. he thinks that woman reporters shouldn't be allowed in um, the NHL locker, room. locker rooms or men's locker rooms, just in all of sports. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Well, he that wasn't a time where just... th- that wasn't a time where that subject wasn't really um, sensitive to yeah. the whole world. And now we live in a time in 2019 where that is uh, frowned upon and not right in our in our society. So that's the yeah, other but thing. You're right, too. Flager, though. Like society's so sensitive now. I it's find changed. that like anything anything that anyone says is blown out of proportion. Just how it is now. Right. Yeah. Yep. Everyone's uh, and, of, everyone's offended by something. Yeah, and Don Cherry had it coming for him. Like he's been saying shit like that for years. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Did you guys see the follow up? on the social um so yes. one of one of the hosts her name is jess allen called out cherry because obviously this is a big topic in canada this was on like the news and everything so she called him out and like kind of did the same thing that he did by ripping hockey players in general she called them like bullies and they're only like with her experiences they're only uh white rich bullies that it's not worth paying uh, thousands of dollars to play uh, high-level hockey and that they should, uh, like, go travel the world or put that money somewhere else. I mean, she basically did the same thing what Cherry did, but should she not have the same repercussions as Cherry? I think so. If anything, what she said was worse because she singled out a race. Cherry didn't single out any race. Like, he just said, uh, you people. I'm referring to immigrants, but uh, this chick, Jessica Allen, she singled out white people and rich people uh, and said that all of them are are bullies and, and mean or whatever, which it's not true. I mean, she partly has a point. Uh, it's, I mean, there's like jocks that are dicks and in any sport, not just hockey, uh, but that's not true at all. Like, it's not completely true, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw what I posted on Instagram after I saw that clip. I posted what she said, and then I quoted what she said, and I said, oh, um, they're, like, hockey players are mean people or whatever, and I, I shared photos of, like, hockey players, like, going to uh, see sick kids in, like, a hospital or whatever, like, to make their day and, and a bunch of stuff like that or whatever, just proving that, like, it's not true. Like, it's not completely true. Right. Yeah, it's a touchy subject for the hockey world this past week. We do. I, it's a subject like I really wish would not be spoken of again because we don't need this in drama of the hockey world and right in the time of the season. And I just, I don't know, it's just a subject where like turns people the wrong way and it gets people fired and gets people mad and ragey on social media, which is a big thing now. So I, I just don't like talking about this and I prefer not to because of the way that people react and people get consequences for it as Don Cherry did and Jess Allen obviously didn't but she got a warning from CTV News or CTV the television network so yeah it's a subject I hopefully doesn't happen again probably it probably will in the future but not in the recent uh, memory right now so the other thing too um, she referred to all hockey players as white people and rich people which is not true at all I played I mean we all played all three of us played hockey growing up we had teammates that were from all different races, not just white people. Like that was another mm. thing too. You can't just single out 
the entire hockey universe and say that everyone's white that plays hockey. It's not true at all. Right. And also, like, she's, like, she's basically telling people how to live. Like, she's basically saying to not spend tons of money on, like, rep hockey and, like, go travel the world. Like, why do you care yeah. what other people spend their money on? If they want to play and hockey, they want to play a high level. Did you see that kid? Did you see yeah. the kid that responded to her? Since he, uh, he was listing all the things that he did in the past year. Like, he won some, like, community service award. He, like, traveled to, like, four different countries or something. We could even, Thomas, I'll send you the clip. Just insert it here and play it. Yeah, that was actually Joe's cousin's goalie. Yes, it oh, was. Oh, actually, for real? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, it's just, like, I don't know what she was thinking, like, saying that. She basically yeah, did the exact same thing, <laughs> and then she gets nothing for it, but whatever. <sighs> yeah, that's, a, that's, yeah, I don't want to really talk about it, but. Okay, let's get into actual, actual hockey news. Yeah. Yeah, it's about time, actually. All right. Nick Foligno suspended three games for his hit on Pierre-Edward Belmar. Um, he basically came in with a flying elbow and almost connected fully. So three games is very appropriate for that. I don't know what you guys mm-hmm. think about this. Very appropriate. It's completely yeah. fair, yeah. 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 Not too and long, then, not too short. Yeah, that's what I think too. And then the Leafs, man, they're, they're struggling heavy. They got tons of injuries. You got Marner out four weeks with a high ankle sprain. Alex Kerfoot is out indefinitely after a facial injury. And Trevor Moore also left the game yesterday with a shoulder injury. I want to know what you guys' thoughts are because the Leafs are are struggling right now. And these injuries don't help. You go first, Flakes. Yeah, not at all. I mean, they're kind of reminding me of the Colorado Avalanche a little bit right now. Not, um, It's not like all their top guys are hurt like the Avalanche were. But, um, I mean... See, the thing is, the Leafs, they've been struggling with their entire lineup. <laughs> um, now, without Mitch Marner in their lineup and Kerfoot and Trevor Moore, that's going to hurt them big time, I think, down the stretch. Um, I don't know if you guys watched the Leafs game yesterday, but, man, their defense, we've been talking about it all season, it seems like, but their defense just have not been looking good. Uh, Brad Marchand scored two goals, both of them. Or just rebounds. Not I'm not blaming it on Freddie Anderson. I'm blaming it more on the defense because man, Marchand should not get such easy rebounds and he had two wide open looks basically. Um those are two goals that shouldn't have happened. I'm blaming that on the Leafs defense because once a shot is taken, you need to separate your man from the puck, from your goalie, and try to eliminate uh, a rebound chance. So, I don't know. I, I think their defense is looking shitty right now. They're struggling, and with these guys hurt, it's not going to help them at all. With uh, When you score a goal 11 seconds in the game or into the third period, the Boston Bruins did it with Brad Marchand. You let him walk right through. Uh, there has to be some sort of change in this lineup. I think that obviously the Riley-CC pairing ain't working, so Babs is just going to stay there and let them play and not change it at all. I think that you have to put either one of Barry or Dermot on that top pairing because it's clearly not working, Mike. Like it's clearly not working, and you're not changing anything. So if you're not going to change anything, what results do you want to what What results do you want to change? You're on a four game losing streak. If you want to change something, go ahead and change it. Make a difference in the game because it might even work. If it doesn't, okay, revert back to the last last pairing. But change something. Show the team motivation that you're going to put these players with these types of players and show the fans that you're actually willing to make the change because it now now it's getting ridiculous and 
this guy lost us the game versus the New York Islanders. Uh, although the defense didn't play good, Flager mentioned that. He pulled the goalie with two and a half minutes left yeah. in that damn game. That too. The Leafs scored two goals in 30 seconds, five on five. If he does not pull the goalie with two minutes and 30 seconds left in that game, I think you pull the goalie with 40 seconds left, you have a greater chance of winning that one because you're down by one instead of two. So I'm blaming him on that one. And then he did that again last night. They pulled the goalie, Chara scored, and then uh, the Leafs couldn't do much at the end though. But you're pulling the goalie way too early, and you've seen that last year and the year before, and it's not changing. you got to change something, Mike. Come on. We saw that in the playoffs, too, against the <laughs> Bruins, actually. The same situation. Or not the same situation, but the same team. Um, remember, in, I think it was in Game 6, Babcock... The Leafs were only down by one. There was like yeah. two and a half, three minutes left, and Babcock decided to pull the goal. They were only down by one goal, and it wasn't a do-or-die situation. I don't know what he was thinking, that blew him the game right there. And then after that game, after game six, when the Leafs lost that, I knew that series was over. It's it's the little things that hurt us in the end, and we just have to correct them. And that has to do with coaching. That has to do with the players, too. They're not playing good at all. Some players are. Some players aren't. Um, that first pairing, again, I'm going to revert to that. Cody Ceci looks horrible. Um, we've changed his defense many times, and we've changed it over this offseason, and it's not worse. It's, it's actually worse than last year. So Now, I don't know if you guys follow Leafs at all on Twitter, um, like if you go through at all, but there's a bunch of people saying that Dubis should be the one that should get fired before Babcock, if anyone. I don't agree with that at all. I think Babcock has all he has all the key pieces. He just needs to piece them together and figure out what's going to work. Like I, I think Babcock does have a lot to do with uh, the Leafs' struggles early on in this season. I mean, sooner rather than later, heads are going to have to roll for that team. And there's too much talent on that team to, to just play mediocre hockey and to have, like, six regulation wins against, like, the top <laughs> six worst teams in the league. It's they, embarrassing. They, there's got to be an answer here. They fired the assistant coaches last offseason. They got two new ones. Obviously, have done absolutely nothing. Right. They traded for Tyson Berry, who has done absolutely nothing. Mentioned later. The, yes, we'll mention him later. The coach has been the constant there for five years, and he has refused to make changes. Like Thomas said, he I think he's going to be done by Christmas if this team is still like or hovering around 500. There's just way too much talent on this roster to, to have so many stupid defensive brain farts and to just not care about the... Like, not be intense about certain situations. Mm -hmm. Like, that Marshan goal last night, the first one. You're not ready. Riley's gap control is, like, 15 feet, and he just lets him have, like, three whacks at it. I don't know if that's... He needs motivation. I don't know if he's playing hurt. There just needs to be a change. The the players have obviously tuned him out at this point because the guy... I, I Babcock has never appealed to me as being an absolutely amazing coach where he deserves all this money. He's had amazing rosters around him everywhere he's went. I don't care what anyone says. So they someone's going to have to be fired eventually, and it's got to be the coach, not the GM first. <laughs> it's enough for AG Leafs talk, guys. Yeah, no, we should stop talking about the it's, Leafs. Right? We talk about them so often. I mean, again, they're Thomas and, and my favorite team. Uh, Joe's a Habs fan, but we talk about the Leafs a lot, man. They, we're, we're in the city, I mean. Yeah, especially because we're in Toronto, too. It's just, like, I've... I could go on days and days about this, but I've never experienced this much like 
it just changes. You just got to make them. If you if they don't work, just revert back. Like he's too stubborn. Like he's old I, school kind of, and he's very stubborn. I find whatever. He's, that's just how he is. That's his coaching style. Even the power play, the Leafs power play has looked brutal all season. Like, Nothing's working, and Babcock has not done a thing to change the power play at all. All the Leafs do on the power play is just pass the puck back and forth, get the defense moving. They don't, they don't set up any quality scoring chances on the power play at all, which is the whole goal. That's what you're supposed <laughs> you to do think, on right? power play. But all they do is just pass the puck. Barely, like they'll shoot every once in a while, and I don't know. There needs to be a, a little bit of a change there. Babcock needs to make changes. He's yep. not. Uh, so if I were lease management, I'd be getting rid of him probably. Mm-hmm. Changing it up a bit. Right. Anyways, let's move on. Yep. Sidney Crosby is going to be out for six weeks, at least six weeks after undergoing surgery uh, regarding a core muscle. I don't really know. Like, I mean, obviously Crosby's one of the best players in the NHL. But it seems like Pittsburgh Penguins kind of played all right without him anyways. So... Hopefully they they could get through that, but that's or well, minimum minimum six week span. Uh, what do you guys think about that injury though, or surgery? I mean, this Penguins team has been ravaged by injuries all year long. It's actually terrible. Like, and it's all to their best players. Like Malkin missed almost a month. Latang is also out. Crosby's out six weeks. Like Rust missed some time. Galchenyuk missed some time. It's just, just lots of man games lost for the Penguins, and they're like, they're still hanging around, man. Like, they lost last night to New Jersey, but I think Mackenzie Blackwood played really well. <laughs> you did, yeah. Yeah, they played tonight versus Toronto, so we'll see. Both teams are on a back to back, so we'll see how both of them play, but they're just ravaged by injuries right now, Pittsburgh. And their roster at the beginning, going into the season, wasn't as strong as in past years to begin with, so. They're really going to be up to the test in these next couple, next six at least weeks without Crosby. Yeah, for sure. Yep. That's a massive injury. Their captain. I mean, this guy, like, I just want to see him break records. I, I just want to see him healthy. I like, Lemieux was injured for a couple of games, or a couple of games, a massive amount of games. He could have broke easily records. Like, I'm not saying Wayne Gretzky records, but he could have broke a lot of records and a lot more points than he should have gotten and a lot more games played he should have gotten. And I don't want to see a guy like Sidney Crosby, who's one of the best players in the National Hockey League's history, just go down with these long-ass injuries. I mean, the concussion was horrible. He missed like a year and a half of hockey. And without him in the NHL, it's just it's it's boring watching the Pittsburgh Penguins because he's not in the lineup. Okay, let's get to our awards here. Uh, the Hard Hat Award goes to the best player in the NHL over the past week. Let's start off with Thomas. All right, my hard hat is going to be Connor McDavid. You know why Connor McDavid? Because he is just amazing at hockey. Uh, he recorded six goals, four assists, four of them being power play goals, one power play assist, 12 shots on goal, and the amazing stat that it is, two hat tricks in just three games this week. Like, unbelievable. His first career six-point night came against the Colorado Avalanche on Wednesday night, I, you know, Thursday night, yeah, Thursday night, uh, he was just two points shy of Sam Gagne's eight-point night back in 2012, and earlier on Overdrive this week, um, O-Dog had something to say about Connor McDavid, he said something like, he is going to be the only player to come close to Daryl Sittler's 10-point ten game, 10 game a record, and he got six the same week O-Dog said that, so that was pretty cool, and that's why I kind of picked Connor McDavid, 
best player in the NHL, hands down. Uh, he's with Leon Dreisaitl, which will be mentioned later uh, by someone here. He's just unbelievable, and he does it every night. He's their heart and soul of that team. Without him, they're not making the playoffs. With him in the lineup, they have a chance, very good chance to make the playoffs. So Connor McDavid is my Hard Hat Award recipient. Yeah, that's not a bad pick, Connor McJesus. I'm going to be going with his disciple, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, he had one goal and 10 assists this week in three games. 10 assists in three games. Five of those assists were on the power play. And in those games, he had a plus 10 rating, which you know I always love to see. He has 14 points in his last five games, 22 points in his last 10 games. 12 of 21 total games played this year have been multi-point games for Leon Dreisaitl. He's now leading the league in assists with 26 and points with 41. He's been on a tear this year. Him and McDavid together have been probably the scariest duo in the NHL by far, by a, a large margin. Yeah. Um, him and uh, Drysaddle and McDavid both are number one and two in points, I believe, in the mm-hmm. league right now. I think so. We're They're just. Someone, yeah. No, I, I think. I think, last yeah, night, I think it's McDavid and Drysaddle. Anyways, without them, like Thomas said, they're not shit. Like the Edmonton Oilers are not shit. They would be nothing without them. Uh, they kind of put the team on their back, and <laughs> they're leading the, the Edmonton Oilers are leading the Pacific Division right now, which is a, a little bit shocking. That's shocking. Most of the hockey world. Uh, I mean, I think McDavid and Drysaddle have finally found their stride together. So that's good news for Oilers fans. But my hard hat is going to Leon Drysaddle this week. All right. The Montreal Canadiens have been on an absolute heater the past two weeks. And I'm going to go pick their captain, Shea Weber, who in the past five games has four goals and three assists for seven points. He's got a couple of power play goals in there. A couple of absolute rockets as well. Yeah. <laughs> one last night. He took a one-timer from basically the, the boards. And Samsonov ducked. And it went bar down. Yeah. Like it, was just, it, was, it was awesome to watch. Um, he also hit 100 career power play goals last Saturday, which he's the only active defenseman to do that. And he obviously is the, he doesn't actually average the most minutes per game on the team that goes to Jeff Petrie, but he averages over 23 a game. So I got, I went with the captain who's been leading the team the past few weeks cause they've been hot. Shea Weber. Yeah. Since we're talking about Shea Weber, I want to quickly shout out Carey Price because I was thinking of picking him to win my hard hat this week. Uh, he has been a huge part of the, the Montreal Canadiens hot run right now. I know this past week he went 3-0. and Last night they got a big victory against uh, the Washington Capitals. So that was a huge one for them and he's been looking very good. Yeah, all good picks around for the National Hockey League. We'll move on to the bad picks of the week, starting with a golden plunger. Flush the toilet. And let's get going. So, I picked Connor McDavid last as my hard hat award winner. And now I'm going to revert back to another Oilers player who plays on the defensive core of that team. His name is Darnell Nurse. Uh, If you don't know Darnell Nurse, well, he's been ass. Uh, He has not recorded a point in the last eight games of play dating back to October 24th. Flager loves the stat. He is a minus four in those eight games, yet averaging 22 minutes, 45 seconds a night. So when averaging those minutes and not getting those points, the math is telling me something, that he is not playing good. 
So Darnell Nurse is the Golden Plunger Award recipient. This award usually gets players back on track. I don't know why it does, but somehow when we pick a player, they just do good the next couple weeks. But hopefully they can do it for Darnell Nurse. He has not been good. Oscar Kleffbaum has stepped up in his replace, but he has to get going for that Edmonton Oilers team. Yep, Darnell Nurse hasn't been the best this season, but I'm going to be picking a defenseman that's been even worse than Darnell <laughs> Nurse. P.K. Subban, who was Tyson Berry's uh, plunger award winner you mean last Joe, week. Joe's not Tyson uh, Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Damn. I just I just leaked a little bit. Uh, Damn. Anyways, let's just ignore that for a second. <laughs> yeah, anyways, P.K. Subban was Joe's um, golden plunger award winner last week. Um, he has two goals and three assists, five points on this season. Not <laughs> last week, on this season. He's a minus six rating, and he's gotten 20 penalty minutes in 18 games played this season. In his last six games, he has no points, 16 shots on goal, four penalty minutes, and a minus four rating. Absolutely brutal. He's playing the Habs tonight, the team that he got drafted to. That'll be interesting. To, it's always fun to see PK return back to the Montreal Canadiens, where I'm pretty sure he spent most of his career. I think he spent more time there than uh, when he was in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, I need to see him pick it up, especially because I, I have him on my fantasy team. So. Yeah, we all know who won that one for one deal now, <laughs> four years later. Well, you could just revert back to hard hat. I mean, like, the deal's done. Yeah. Who would have thought that four ye- three years after that trade happened that Weber would be the better player? I don't, I don't think I didn't think that. Did. I did not think that at all. Yeah, I'm just happy about it. But anyways, <laughs> like Flager already leaked my... Plunger award goes to Tyson Berry, who's been as bad as Subban this year, with five points, all assists in 21 games, and five of—I mean, four of those assists came in the first three games of the season. So he essentially has like one point in the past like 18 games, which is just brutal. Yep. And he plays 20 minutes a night. I know he doesn't play top power play because Riley eats up all those minutes. Um, but this that's just not acceptable. They traded him to kind of uh, provide offense from the back end, uh, stabilize that right side. And I know Thomas was mentioning, obviously, earlier about the Leafs and that they should change up the D pairings. Maybe putting him and Riley together could spark him a little bit, or maybe just having him on the power play more, like just switching up the power play. So having him and Riley and then Barry would be like on the one-timer spot maybe to just give a different look because they're just terrible on the power play but yeah Tyson Berry gets the plunger he has not been good and then don't even mention his play in his own end because it's not good either yeah I'm gonna <laughs> for sure. mention something quickly about Barry I saw it on TSN during the Leaf game last night his first 20 games with the Avalanche last year 17 points so pretty good math tells me something else that when you put him in a position where he's going to succeed he succeeds. So, Mike Babcock, hope you're listening end to end because you need to change it up and put him on the number one power play or something, please. I would put him on the number one pairing with Riley. I think Riley and Tyson Berry would make a very good pairing together. And if they don't, change it change back. It up. Well, at least you changed it, dude. Like, oh well. Uh, speaking of the Leafs game last night, we didn't mention this earlier on in the episode, but Brad Marchand played his 700th career game mm-hmm. last night against the Leafs. Yep, I was pretty. Pretty big milestone. Another milestone uh, that we didn't talk about yet was Corey Perry played his 1,000th game against the Calgary Flames Tuesday night. 
That's another huge milestone. Yes, yeah, big milestone. Pretty impressive. I'm actually surprised that it's not he hasn't hit more games played because it seems like he's been in the league for decades. Yeah, he's, he's been injured mm-hmm. the last injured. couple of years, yeah. I mean, Marshan okay. as well, um, he received the Hockey Hall of Fame award, Player of the Game Award yesterday from Lanny McDonald himself. So congrats to Marshan on that, but I just don't want Boston to keep beating us up. That and they rat. keep doing it. So That rat is saving my fantasy team. But yeah, I love him. Just, yeah, that... You need to get him <laughs> off you somehow. Like, that's Thomas's worst nightmare right there is Brad Marchand scoring on Freddie Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Brad Marchand. Just like defend him. Like, please. Other teams can do it. Why can't we? Like, let's speaking just ask Jason DeRue to just switch the segment up here. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, let's move on. All right, Jason, what are we playing, dude? Let me start because I we were just talking about Brad Marchand. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Brad Marchand has my quote of the week. Um, in his response, this is his response to Char's comments about Brad Marchand being the best player in the league. Great to see them, them all get recognized and definitely deserve it. So, what about you? Do you ever think you might be there? <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. Why not? Why not? I don't, to be honest, I don't really think about it. Char just called uh, you the best player on your team and the best player in this league. He just told you that. That's because, you know, he knows I'll come after him if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then I'll bounce off to my. Uh, what you say of the week, it's Justin Dowling. He scored his first NHL goal and his second NHL goal the other night against the Vancouver Canucks, but his first came in Calgary in his hometown. His mom was there to see the goal and see him play his first game in Calgary. And this is what he, she had to say about him scoring his first NHL goal. Take a listen. Welcome in Sherry Dowling, mom to Justin Dowling, here to witness his first ever NHL goal from Cochrane. Great to have the uh, friends and family here, Sherry. Feel bad, you missed the goal. Why? Justin Dowling will not forget that moment, I don't think. (laughs) I mean, when your priorities are drinking rather than watching your son play hockey in the NHL, I think there's something wrong. It's a concern. Level of concern. I have have no issues with (laughs) that. Level of concern. (laughs) Okay, so my what you say of the week is uh, we already mentioned that Crosby is going to be out a minimum of six weeks. So now we got Malkin, who obviously returned from injury a, a week or two ago. And uh, he usually elevates his play whenever Crosby's out of the lineup, and uh, Gino thinks so too. Yeah, it's not first time I play. I'd be here like uh, without seat, you know. I know like it's like uh, not easy, but I'm ready, you know. It's like uh, I play with like team like long time, you know. Like it's uh, nothing new for me. It's fire. We need run. <laughs> okay, like uh, I need be fire, you know. <laughs> I will be fire. His English is on another it's, level. It's bad. Man. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the second second time that Malkin has made um, the What You Say segment. Give me Pac. Yeah, give me Pac was the first one. <laughs> the guy's been in the league since 06, and he has as much English as like someone who came over like a month ago. Yeah, yeah so Patrick Line or someone. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, oh, so that's the What You Say of the Week. Pretty funny stuff. We'll move on to our favorite No, no, segment. no. I don't want to move on, man. Oh, you don't want to move talk on? About bad, I don't want to talk about Battle of the Buds. Why so? Because uh, I went 0-3 this week. Oh. oh. Battle of the Buds. 0-3. Okay. Yeah, we're making history in Battle of the Buds right now. Our first 0-3 week from AJ Flags himself. And another first 
which I caught up on a day after we created the Battle of the Woods, you guys picked the exact same game, and we did not even realize. That is my That's, fault. That is Joe's fault. I made <laughs> my pick first. <laughs> that is all on me. But like, but how did we not see wrong. them? I, I know, I and you guys know. both got it wrong. I don't know. I brain fired. I don't know. I just saw Bruins. And I just put it on. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you shouldn't have. If you saw, I picked that game. You should not have followed me. I, I th- honestly think I was sleeping. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on there. I mailed it Anyways, on that one. Yeah, yeah I, I apologize guys... for your loss, Joe. Because <laughs> yes, that, that's my only loss of the week, actually. Exactly. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, so as Flager mentioned, he went 0-3. I went 1-2. and Not good at all. But uh, Joe went up 2-1. and So do you want to name the standings now or after you pick the other games? Let's update uh, it now. Okay. You guys say it. I'm eight and ten on the season. Thomas, you are now nine and nine on the season, and Joe, you are now ten and eight on the season. The You're rookie. leading Battle Let's of the Buds. baby. Hate to see that. Steps <laughs> <laughs> in and he's just demolishing us. Bad picks on our part. We actually, I didn't even. We all didn't really pick games that are monumental, like I mean, Montreal Kings, okay, Montreal Columbus, but like pretty fair games here, like. Sharks, ducks, yeah. like, and we got them wrong. Anyways, move on to this week's uh, Battle of the Buds picks. All right, so to start us off, I know I picked the Bruins to beat the Flyers last week and the Bruins lost, but I'm going to be going right back and picking the Bruins again, who play the Devils on November 19th in New Jersey. I think the Bruins are just the better team, and they're they're, I think they're going to come out of their little cold slump that they've been having, especially against the terrible New Jersey Devils, who are – I think they're dead last in the NHL right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking the Bruins to beat the Devils on November 19th. And then on November 20th, the day after, I'm going to be taking the Montreal Canadiens, who've been very hot against the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. Uh, then moving on to November 21st, this is going to be a close game, I feel, but I think the Florida Panthers are going to be pulling through with the victory against the Anaheim Ducks. For my picks, I am also picking against the Ducks on November 18th, where they go into Washington to battle the Capitals. I'm picking the Capitals in this one. Uh, the Maple Leafs are going on their road trip right now. Uh, and on Thursday, they versed the Coyotes. I'm picking the Maple Leafs in that one on November 21st. And then on the same night, a big rivalry between the Golden Knights and the uh, San Jose Sharks. I am picking the Golden Knights in that one, who are the home team. So, yeah, it's going to be fireworks in that one. So, hopefully, the Golden Knights can pull out with the dub. All right, for my picks this week, Sens at Sabres tonight. I got the Sabres at home. Sens are coming off a back-to-back. They beat Philly last night. Sabres have been rested, so I think they're going to win that one. And then I got Islanders at Penguins on November 19th. I'm picking the Islanders because they're, like, the best team in the league, basically, so far this season. So I'm And the Penguins are obviously hurt, so I'm going to pick the Islanders. And then... The Capitals at the Rangers on November 20th. I got the Capitals beating up the Rangers in Broadway. So I got the Caps at Rangers on November 20th. I don't know how I feel about that one, Joe. The last one. I don't know. I feel like the Rangers are going to come through. Yeah. I don't know. uh, Like, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. The Caps are like first in the league, so I can't really bet against them that much. They are, but I don't know. I have a bad feeling. (laughs) Just wait till next week. Okay. A couple of weeks ago, I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning to beat the Rangers. They lost that one. 
Exactly. And then this Wednesday, they won 9-3 versus the Rangers. Yep. So I'm just going to assume that that 9-3 <laughs> Rangers team is going to show up against the Caps and make my pick come true. Honestly, <laughs> come on, man. That is not lucky. Anyways, run through the picks again, flag yours, and then mine, and then Joe's, obviously. All right. I got Bruins beating the Devils on November 19th. The Habs beating the Sens on November 20th. And then the Panthers beating the Ducks on November 21st. I got Capitals beating the Ducks on November 18th, Maple Leafs over the Coyotes on November 21st, and Golden Knights over the Sharks on November 21st as well. And I have the Sabres over the Sands tonight. I have the Islanders over the Penguins on November 19th, and I have the Capitals over the Rangers on November 20th. Beautiful picks. Let's see where it goes from there. Hopefully we don't have losing weeks like Flager did. (laughs) No offers this week. Yeah, I I don't know how you did that. I don't know, man. I don't even think I've ever went on three. No, that was the before. first zero for three in Battle of the Buds history. In history? Really? Yeah, I don't think we've gone zero and three. Yeah, I don't know. For... Pretty, pretty embarrassing. I think that I was more unlucky than um, being stupid, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, I think what? Some I of your games been... went into OT, so I mean, uh, I think Bruins the Blues and Coyotes Flyers, definitely did. Yeah, Blues Coyotes did. Caps and Canadians didn't, though. That was last time. No. Uh, whatever. Let's forget about it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> last words, I guess. I guess it's that time time of the episode. Uh, Joe, you want to start um, us off? Yeah, so we got more content coming out. Like every week, we always got content coming out. We had a great week last week on the Breakdown Sports. One of our best ever, actually. Yeah. And we had, I think we have three or four articles being published today that are coming out so just keep us updated on twitter and follow us and make sure you like us and look at our articles we put some time into them those football picks college football picks are up so go check that out and just keep us uh on tabs in your feeds and speaking of football picks i'm pretty sure gordon von denham's model swept the week last week Pretty sure he went, uh, I think it was, or no, 14-0. and I think there was 14 games. I'm pretty sure his model predicted every single game correctly against the spread. Hmm. So that, that was pretty neat. So shout out to Jordan there. Uh, but yeah, check out the website. Lots of content coming out, especially college football. There's so much college football co- coming out. Yeah. Um, and even NBA, we've actually been getting back in the NBA game a lot more recently. Uh, we release a bunch of NBA content, uh, and obviously NHL as well. The best sport, in my opinion. Yes. I kind of want to just rebound off you mentioning Jordan's uh, week. How was your week in uh, the 82-game challenge? I know Boston's been struggling, but how you been doing? Yeah, uh, so I'm pretty sure... Let me pull up. Yeah, pull it up quickly because yeah. I, I, we just, we just haven't ju- talked about it. We have like a Excel sheet where we yeah. keep track. Right. I haven't checked it all week. Well, they haven't been doing good, so. No, they haven't been doing good, but I think my best. But you can still, yeah, you can still pull away with some. I, oh, I did. Um, I predicted the Florida Panthers uh, to beat them on, uh, I think it was Tuesday they played them. Yeah, and it was 4 nothing Boston yeah, going into came the back. third. Yeah, that's the crazy. Panthers came back and they beat them. Massive they didn't even comeback. Talk about that. Yeah, massive comeback. That's the first time the Bruins have blew a four nothing lead in like forty years, thirty years, something like that. 
Holy. And their last 4 nothing collapse was against the Leafs in Chris Cuthbert's first call at the Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. So, saw that on TSN last night. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyways, you got them up? I'm trying to find it. I can't find the original. Oh, okay, here. One sec. Okay, it's opened. And so on the season right now, yeah. I'm 12-7. and seven. That's not bad. Uh, 63% winning percentage. Return on interest is 35, over 35%, 35.7%. That's pretty good. This past week, uh, I had the Bruins to beat the Flyers in the first period, <laughs> and they did not. They lost that game, and they lost the first period, so I lost that one. I uh, predicted the Panthers to beat the Boston Bruins on, I think it was Tuesday night they played. So that was pretty pretty sweet because the Panthers were pretty heavy underdogs there. Then last night I had the over in the Bruins the Leafs game, over six and a half, and there were six goals scored. So I lost that one. I was a little bit upset, but uh, what can you? Yeah, and I guess the main question is, are you winning in the breakdown? Like, is that the number one? So in terms of winning percentage, yeah, winning percentage, yeah. Uh, I am with sixty three. Okay. Point one six percent. In terms of return on interest, I am with okay. thirty thirty five point seven percent return on interest. Uh, so those are the only stats that really that matter. Yeah, I, I am still leading, even right. though I've cooled off a bit since that six um, game win streak. But yeah, <laughs> everyone so else though, everyone else has been doing pretty good. Like we have a couple like. Okay, actually, no, not everyone is making profit, but most of us are. So if you're listening to the pod, just follow us, follow the breakdown yeah. on Twitter, because we yeah. release our picks daily on there. Uh, some of them are pretty interesting. We don't just pick winners of games. We pick over-unders. We pick first period totals. Yep. We pick first period mm-hmm. uh, money lines, whatever. It's pretty cool. It's Yeah, it's pretty neat. And we're also doing, uh, well, I'm not involved in it, but there's also an NBA 82 game challenge as well, so that's pretty neat as well. Neat concept. I think that's all you got to say. Yeah, that's all I got. Unless you got something else to add, Thomas. No, just one more thing. I mean, that guy Adam Warner who stepped in for the Avalanche versus the Jets. 30 seconds into the game, Grubauer went down with it. Or no, sorry, Pravel Francis went yeah. down with an injury, and then he steps in and gets his first NHL shutout and his first NHL appearance. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't uh, know how. You know, Francis is gonna be because he he got hit pretty hard there by I think it was Mark Shifley that crashed into him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was Shifley or someone. I don't know. I couldn't couldn't tell you, but he stepped in and got his. First, I've never seen that first NHL shutout and relief of a game. Adam Warner. So congratulations to him. Uh, Grubauer's back and healthy, so I think he'll be playing tonight. And uh, yeah, that's it from NHL kind of news. Uh, last words for me. I always do it every week. The point leaders, the goal leaders, and the win leaders in the NHL. Obviously, Leon Dreisaitl, 41 points on the season. He's leading the league. In goals, it's David Pasternak with 16. And in wins, Joe's best friend, Carey Price, with 10 wins. He puts himself at the top alone. My boy. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's all we have to say on episode 7 of N10 in season 2. We will be back next Saturday. We'll chat then.